Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with a promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan and Dewey Burt. You're listening to the Inside Carolina Radio Show, sponsored by Jersey Mike's. I've got those two on, so it must mean it's basketball time. Carolina and Mount Olive, I believe, 7.30 on Friday in the Smith Center, the last exhibition game. Then the season starts. Uh, a week from this past Tuesday on Election Day, Carolina travels to Wofford to open the season. Dewey, I'm going to come in with you, man. It's been a while since we've talked. I've been wanting to do a, a basketball podcast with you and Sherelle and, and get on the hoops discussion. But how you been? What's been going on in Dewey land lately? Hey man, everything is good. We haven't uh, we haven't talked since the reunion in August when I was back in Chapel Hill, which was uh, which was amazing as we talked about. But uh, everything's good. Counting down the days like everybody else, and looking forward to seeing our guys get going. And glad that it seems like everybody's healthy for the most part. And uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a fun ride for us. Sherelle, I bring you in. I usually have you on, or we do a lot of recruiting. Uh, stuff but we're going to do more sort of a a preview-ish basketball thing we've done it a little bit but your thoughts on the last few weeks um, leading up what have you heard about how this team's coming together I think a couple things that I want to talk about and we'll get into it is the secret scrimmage and and what that means and if how that shapes opinion and also just practice these guys finally getting it going gearing up towards the season it's funny, you know, when you're talking to Dewey, he said something I hadn't thought of yet is that pretty much every year, the last three or four years, and I guess everybody can go knock on wood right now, Carolina's had an injury heading into the, you know, the season opener. Last year it was Cam Johnson. Um, the year before that, I think it, last year was Cam Johnson and Joel Berry. The year before that, I think it was Theo. The year before that, I think it was Kenny. So they, they've typically had somebody, you know, not 100% healthy when the season started. And as far as we know, it seems like, you know, your top eight or nine or 10 guys are healthy. So that's the first thing, I guess, that comes to mind. And I hadn't thought of it until Dewey just said it. Okay. So Sherelle said that. Dewey said that. I did not say it, listeners. A lot of people were mad at me <laughs> from the football side. I did not mention injuries. So if something happens, uh, hit me up. I'll give you Sherelle and Dewey's contact information. <laughs> Dewey, uh, Looking ahead and, and as we get into the season, your thoughts on, um, let's do it this way, early playing time. Now, we've had the debate over and over and over about starters and who might start and what Coach Williams wants to do. I'll, I'll jump into it just right away with you. Uh, a lot of people think Nas Little's got to start. A lot of people think Kobe White's got to start. I think one of those guys will start to start the season your thoughts knowing coach Williams as you do knowing what he wants to accomplish and knowing what you've heard about those two young freshmen 
Yeah, I think there's no question Nas Little starts. I think because the position he's going to fill, there's a natural void left by Theo, right? And you could, I guess, argue that, well, the point guard slot, the natural void left by Joel should be filled by Kobe, but there's an incumbent in seventh. So I would say, you know, gun to my head, starting next week will be seventh Cam, Kenny, Nas, and Luke. If I had to make it a guess, I think he'll probably start seventh, maybe the first or second game. But I think we've all heard enough and believe that Kobe's the guy who needs to have the ball in his hands the bulk of the time at the point. And I think that's what we'll see. But uh, coach is loyal, especially to upperclassmen. And it sounds like seventh has played well. He's healthy. And so I think out of loyalty, coach will probably start him. I don't have any inside information or anything to say that that's the case. That's just my best guess. But if he starts Kobe, he starts Kobe, and that wouldn't surprise me all that much either. But I think my best guess is seventh will start with those other guys. And it's unique in the fact that we'll start three seniors and potentially a junior and one freshman when across the country at the elite level like us, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, those kind of teams, they're always starting underclassmen. So I think that's something we'll get into as we talk, the fact that We've got three seniors that have all had significant playing time. Uh, it, that is is so rare these days, and I think will serve us very, very well. Sherelle, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to ask you the same question uh, that Dewey got and see your response there. I, I think if I had to bet, I think probably Kobe White starts and Nas Dutton if I had to pick. Uh, but Sherelle, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm kind of the exact opposite of uh, Dewey. I think Kobe is getting the ball day one, and he'll be starting on Tuesday, starting on Friday, and then starting on Tuesday. And I think it's going to take a little bit longer for Coach Williams to uh, put Nasir in, not because Nasir has done anything wrong or because he's not talented or not a great player. Um, I just think, you know, everything we've heard since – I can't remember when the Texas A&M game was, but everything we've heard – pretty much from Roy Williams since then has been that desire to go back to his more traditional lineup. Now he's not stubborn. He's not going to stick with it if it's not working and if it doesn't give him the best opportunity to win. But I I do think he wants to force feed those guys opportunities to perform well um, to somewhat like he did last year. Um, Now, part of it was because Cameron was hurt last year, but you know, he gave Garrison and he gave Sterling every chance to earn playing time and to play well. So I think just my personal opinion. Again, no inside information or anything. I, I think it'll be Kobe, Kenny, uh, Cam, Luke, and I guess I'll go Garrison. Dewey, do you think that'll shape Coach Williams' decisions at all on on lineups? If that Texas A&M game, it pretty much showed what happens if you don't have the bigs to compete, athletic bigs. So your thoughts, I mean – I think he stays small, and I think uh, I think at least early in the season he may start two bigs. But how do you think that'll shake out, uh, Dewey? I mean, you know him better than any of us do. Yeah, I mean, there's no question by whatever time period is in, in the year, maybe December or into the conference part of the season, he's going to start our five best guys. And I think we all agree who our five best guys are, which would be Kobe, Kenny, Cam, Nasir, and Luke. I just am curious to see 
I mean, I guess the, the flip side of it is, can he have the angle with, with Nas that he had with Marvin, which is, you know, you're a potential top three pick, but what's best for our team is for you to come off the bench. The difference, though, then was you had two McDonald's All-Americans at the four and the five, both of whom went on to play in the NBA. One of them was a lottery pick. One of them's in the rafters. And one of them was the most outstanding player of the final four. That's not what we have now with our bigs. So it's hard for me to relate those two because that's really the only other time that coach has been in this position when we had a guy this highly ranked and it was a question of whether he would start like Brandon Wright start day one, never a question. Uh, But, and Harrison start, no question. Uh, But in in that three, four, five position range, the argument could be made, I guess that all he'll do what he did with Marvin with Nasir, but he doesn't have, you, you know, elite bigs in front of him. So I couple that with the fact that Coach Williams has said publicly they still have a long way to go. He's not happy with where they are yet, et cetera, et cetera. I just I think he has a hard time not putting his most explosive athletic player on the floor to start the game. That's that's my opinion. And to Dewey's point, you know, you look at the top ten wings that Coach Williams assigned since he's been at Carolina. They all started all started from day one. So that's uh, Harrison, that's Wayne Ellington, that's Justin Jackson. Um, all those guys got the ball. He said, you're in the starting lineup, and they never came out. Well, Justin, I think, came out once, uh, that Boston College game where he didn't start his, I think it was his sophomore year maybe. Um, but that's about it. And Harrison started, obviously, every game except for senior night, and so did Ellington. So to do his point, you know, he's shown that if you're, if you're capable and, you know, you're talented and you're ranked like next year is ranked, then most of the time you're going to start. I just think, you know, in the beginning, um, I think you'll go to that big lineup just to just so it's ready later on in the year. And the, the other thing uh, is that the small lineup uh, was so efficient offensively last year. And if I felt like he got kind of dragged down towards the end of the year, it lost some of, some of its efficiency because, frankly, North Carolina didn't have much coming off the bench. And so if you can deploy that lineup, you know, maybe the same amount of time, just a little bit differently, maybe the gains will be better than they were last year. So that, yeah, that was my thinking there. That's an interesting point. And, and uh, Tommy, I'll let you jump in. But he's going to be fighting an internal battle with himself, meaning Coach Williams, because we, he wants to play big. That's what he wants. But there's, there's what you want, and then there's what you see every day in practice. And if those guys have done enough that he feels like he can do his traditional – rotation of three bigs which would obviously most likely be sterling garrison and luke then he would do it but i think we all have a pretty good feeling on uh where where he is on those guys they're still young they're still developing garrison's further along defensively more limited offensively sterling's got incredible length and potential but conditioning's been an issue and I mean, last thing I read, Coach said he wants him to work, and then he made up some number that was like four digits, 4,500-something times harder. You know, so they're not there. Uh, so he's going to be battling with himself on how he's played for, you know, and wanted to play for 40 years versus how does this team need to play. And, and, and so that, I think, will be interesting to see. But again, and I – honest to God, I know that he doesn't care about – you know, well, if I don't start Nasir, 
other recruits might see that I have a highly touted kid and I didn't start. He doesn't care about that. That that will never enter his mind. Uh, but I think the body of work that we've read about, I've heard about that Nas has put in and how explosive he is uh, above the rim on the offensive glass, I would be somewhat surprised if he wasn't out there. Hold that thought right there because I, I want to get into that because that's a big deal, I think. But at first, I want to tell everybody about Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. They've partnered with Inside Carolina to offer a great deal for you guys that are listening to this IC podcast. Right now, the code HILLS15 gets you 15% off your order. It's online only. It's for the Chapel Hill area locations and that Chatham County location. Go to jerseymikes.com front slash order. It'll show the locations. Pick one of those. Click on your order. Pick your favorite sub at checkout, enter his 15, and get that 15% off the entire order. Skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. It's our opinion Jersey Mike's is the best sub out there. It's tasty, delicious, and always hits the spot. Do it today. Online order, jerseymikes.com, front slash order. Check out Hills code, of codes, excuse me, Hills 15 and do it today. And also, check out Jersey Mike's inside Keenan Stadium and with the tailgate guys, Carolina Georgia Tech, this weekend. Check you out some Jersey Mike subs either for your tailgate or inside Keenan Stadium. Support the IC podcast and get a discount on your Jersey Mike's order. Can't beat it. You bring up the point that I was going to ask Sherelle about, and I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't think Roy Williams cares at all, but Sherelle, how would that affect, if at all, and I think it does um, or would recruiting if a guy like Little comes in and doesn't start. Even if he plays 25 minutes a game, it's something about starting uh, that is a big deal for kids, a big deal on the recruiting trail, I think. Your thoughts on that end of it? Yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a huge negative, but it wouldn't be a positive either. And it would mostly, I think, it'd be fodder for opposing coaches to – um, use when they're on a recruiting trail to say, hey, you know, you you look at Carolina last year, they had a guy who's projected to be top three in the draft and he came off the bench. Um, you know, I, I think that's where the impact would be. And, you know, we can say, well, yeah, if you dig deeper into the situation, it was because X, Y, and Z. Uh, a lot of kids aren't really trying to hear that. They're, they want to say, you're going to start, uh, you're going to come in, you're going to play your 35, 36, 37 games, going to get your 30 minutes a game, and then you're out to the NBA. Um, and it's not every kid, but there's a lot of kids who think that way and whose families think that way. So I, I don't think it'll hurt, you know, North Carolina basketball to the point where, you know, they can't get anybody to come or they can't recruit uh, well. I just think, you know, it, it would be something that opposing coaches would use, um, especially when it comes to those, you know, top 10, top 12 type guys. That's sort of a shift, and we mentioned him earlier. And Dewey, I want to ask you about about Seventh Woods. I mean, we've talked about Kobe White. You know what he brings to the table, at least what we've heard he brings to the table. We've seen him in action in um, the Bahamas, down in the islands. It'll be interesting to see how it translates against live D1 competition. But Dewey, your thoughts on a guy like Seventh? I mean, he's a, a junior now, so he's been there he's been through the fire um has shown the flashes never really gotten it together and now seems to be relatively healthy and then a guy like kobe white comes along uh put yourself in his shoes if you possibly can 
and, and, and what has to be going through his mind um, now here, his third year, going into his third season as a Tar Heel? Well, I think the biggest difference other than his health coming into this season is the fact that he knows he's going to play. And he's not just going to play, you know, spot Joel for 90 minutes in the first half and and maybe less in the second half. He's probably going to play at least 7 to 10 minutes, maybe even 12 to 14, I would think. So when you think about it as a player, preparing, knowing that you're actually going to have the opportunity to get in the game and settle in and get some rhythm on both ends, not just on the offensive end. Uh, There's a rhythm to how you defend and communicate and that kind of thing. Uh, I I just would think he'll enter the season with much more confidence. You get confidence from having a clean summer, being able to play pickup the whole time and work on your game. You get confidence from feeling healthy and feeling explosive and not being limited in the weight room. I mean, even think about this, the, the mental side of, you know, when we go into lift as a team, uh, you know, everybody's got their own individual workout and it's up on the board. And then you get your, your piece of paper with your own workout that's been written individually for you. And then on the board, it says limited woods because he can't do everything. And then you go out to practice the next day or that same day. And you look at the practice plan and you got the blue team and the white team. And at the bottom, it says limited woods. That has to wear on you mentally that you're not fully a part of everything that's going on because your body's holding you back. And then when his body felt good enough, he was going to play for 90 seconds because he's behind a, you know, a three-year starter and, and, uh, and a guy that had the type of career that Joel did. So I just think it's, it's all completely different now. Even though Kobe's there and he may start and he may play the bulk of the minutes, there's still 20 to 25% of the minutes, I think, at the point for him to play. And he feels good and he should have confidence. So I am hopeful for him just as a – as a Carolina guy that that this season can start to become what he probably dreamed this, this experience could be because for the first two seasons, it has to have been very, very difficult. Mr. Let me ask you about a couple other, we'll stay on the guard side of it. Uh, one, uh, one we don't ever talk about seemingly, and that's Brandon Robinson and also Andrew Playtech. I think both of those guys will be significant factors this season. And then also another freshman in leaky black. I mean, Six seven one eighty five. Certainly, the size and the wingspan to make a difference on the court. Your thoughts on those three guys and how they sort of fit into the front court situation, or excuse me, the back court situation for North Carolina. Uh, you know, we were talking about rotation earlier, <clears throat> and one thing uh, when parents or you know advisors or trainers, whoever, they kind of they might ask our opinion about, oh, well, what do you think about how North Carolina does this or how they do that. And one thing I always tell them, I say, your son, trainee, whoever is going to play, how much they're going to play depends on, you know, how well they do everything. But we all know that, and a lot of people listening to this probably get frustrated with with it, but we all know that, you know, during November or December, Roy Williams is going to play a lot of guys. He's going to figure out who works best with whom. He's going to figure out who can handle what situations. He's going to try and make sure everybody knows what their role is. So in the beginning of the season, I think Robinson, Playtech, and, and Leakey all have a chance to kind of carve out a niche on the team because, you know, you, you kind of have a feeling where the scoring is going to come from. Um, though That five we talked about, the uh, small, quote-unquote, small lineup, is probably going to give you the majority of your scoring. So for those guys, it's what can I do 
to positively impact the team? What one thing can I focus on and be uh, counted on to do that game in, game out, if I play one minute, if I play 12 minutes? And I think for Robinson and Playtech, it's going to be knocking down open shots. You know, with uh, the guys North Carolina has, they're probably going to be the ones that are further down the scouting report. And so if they can just hit their open shots, then uh, I think they'll be really valuable to Carolina. Uh, for Robinson, I think it's defense and rebounding in addition to um, knocking down the occasional shot. He's never going to take, you know, seven or eight or nine or ten shots in a game, but he has to take advantage of the opportunities when he gets them, um, crash the boards, and, and play good defense. For Leakey, um, you know, I think he has a, a chance to be the team's backup point guard, honestly. Um, I think that, you know, Coach Williams likes what he does. Uh, Leakey, uh, very similar to Justin Jackson, not how he play, not how he looks or anything, but in that he never really does anything negative. He's not going to do um, things to really hurt the team. Now, there are stretches where, you know, sometimes he might get lost in the shuffle or he might not play as aggressive as you'd like, but most of the time he's going to be a net positive. Um, just from passing, you know, getting out, um, uh, defensively getting out in passing lanes, getting steals, passing the ball, that kind of stuff. So, um, I think those three guys, that's what they need to do. Find one thing that they do really, really, really well and make sure it's repeatable and make sure they can do it night in and night out. Dewey, talk about that uh, term net positive and how important that is for Roy Williams and Roy Williams' system from anybody that gets in, whether, I mean, obviously the starters playing 20, 25, 30 minutes a game, but those guys that are playing five to seven minutes a game or, or even less, how important is being a net positive. Well, it's it's the definitive statement that he makes to the guys that come off the bench and play a more limited role is I'm going to put you in there and you just have to help us. Whatever it whatever that means, however it's done, you have to help us. And it sounds simple enough, but for a guy that maybe he's not going to have the ball in his hands a ton except for on a on a skip pass or a rotation like a Brandon Robinson or or Andrew Playtech it's what Rel said. It's knocking down an open shot or making the quality decision when you catch that pass and are open. It's setting a great screen. Uh, it's all the little things, honestly, that that we've talked about forever. That that again are simple and perhaps unnoticed to the untrained eye. But it's it's executing our sets. If we're in a set and your job is to set a rear screen for a big to get a lob, set a great screen. If it's your job to call out a switch or, or play the, you know, play the safety role when we're doing a trap and make a decision and try to shoot a passing lane and get a steal, play that role correctly. Make sure you don't miss a box out. Uh, if we're in full 22 man to man, make sure you don't miss a denial on the wing. Make sure you're always in help side. All the little things that we drill in defensive stations every single practice, that's what you're expected to be able to contribute. The guys that are playing the bulk of the minutes have to do those things too and then obviously have an expanded role. They need to score. They need to get to the free throw line. They need to try to get the other guys' team, uh, other guys' players in foul trouble, et cetera. But when you're playing spot minutes, it's just magnified because you're probably not going to have the opportunity as much to score the basketball. So what else can you do to show that you've been coachable, that you listen, that you understand our system? And you can, again, when, when you come out, did you give us something positive? And, uh, and again, like I said, it sounds simple, but with the, the way we play our system on both ends of the floor, there's a lot of nuance. And you've got to understand every little piece of what you're responsible for 
or you get exposed and he's not going to have as much faith to put you back in. I've got some thoughts on that net positive stuff, but I'm going to talk about heelstravel.com. Easiest way to see big Carolina basketball games on the road. Right now, heelstravel.com is offering a package to Chicago to see this Tar Heel team we're talking about on this podcast play Kentucky December 22nd, one of the biggest games of the entire college basketball season. We'll be doing a post-game podcast after watching it on TV. You can be watching it in person in Chicago, heelstravel.com now, or call 336-855-0060 to book Nonstop airfare from RDU to Chicago. Transportation to and from the airport to the hotel and two nights at Chicago Omni, right where the team will be. A great chance to see your Tar Heels on a huge stage against a great opponent. Check out a great city right around Christmas time. Could be the great Christmas gift, early Christmas gift. Heelstravel.com right now or call 336-855-0060 to book your trip. Sherelle, the the time that 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 I remember the most, and it was Dean Smith, not Roy Williams, but practically Roy Williams, but Dean Smith in '93, putting Scott Cherry into the championship game, and Billy Parker basically saying all but saying, "What the hell is Dean Smith doing, putting these guys in?" And they come <laughs> in and they bridge the gap to get Carolina. Um, get the guys some rest in that championship game. And, of course, we know how that turns out. I mean, that's what it is for these guys that – these lesser guys, uh, minutes-wise, that we're talking about. Yeah, that's funny. I, I was just laughing because, uh, you know, you were you were at Carolina then, right? I was there on uh, – watching it behind the fire station in our <laughs> duplex. Yes, sir. I could just imagine you, like – going outside and throwing something <laughs> and it's your car hopping up and down mad. Uh, Cause you know, I was, I was a 10 year old and I, I remember like, what is coach Smith doing? Why, why would you take out those guys? But you know, to, to, like you said, to the point, you know, Roe Williams learned from coach Smith and I'm sure there was a time. As a matter of fact, I remember, I think it was, was it the first Michigan game that year? Um, there was another game that year where Matt Winstrom and Scott Cherry and Henrik Roda were all on the court at the same time. And, you know, at the time, of course, I was, like I said, I was 10, so I didn't really get it. But you look back at that, you say, wow, he was really training them that, you know, need to be ready for any moment, any scenario, no matter what. And, you know, I, I think that's, like we said, Coach Williams learned from Coach Smith, and that's why he does it every November and every December. And no matter how many times, you know, we as media or uh, fans – lamented get upset wondering why uh you know certain players in in the game you know there's a reason for it you know two years ago when carolina went up to uh i think it was indiana and got destroyed i mean they got beat down and in the second half people were like well, why is luke may in the game you know I, I don't understand why luke may is getting playing time over you know tony bradley or over so and so you know what what is Roy williams doing and what happened five months later you know, Luke May had gotten playing time. Uh, he had, you know, uh, earned his stripes, so to speak, and he had the second biggest shot in Carolina history. So there's a there's a method to it, and you would think by now we would kind of get it, but you know, we'll, we'll hear the same things, and I, you know, we'll get frustrated. We'll be like, well, why why is Kobe White not playing more? Why is, you know, Kenny Williams, you know, only getting 25 minutes, or why this, why that? There's a reason for it. Yeah. I- I freely admit, and I'm sure that if Carolina fans will admit it, that they were probably saying the same thing Billy Packer was saying at the moment. 
in that 93 national championship team. I turned down tickets to the final four just so I could be on Franklin street on that Monday night. Dewey, let's um, switch gears to the upperclassmen. And we've talked about them a ton on this podcast, the three of us. I'll never forget. I believe it was you said there won't be a game that Luke May doesn't start for the rest of his career. And here we are, his senior year, him and Kenny Williams sort of united as the recruiting class that wasn't highly ranked, but has been so, you know, will end up being so decorated. But your thoughts, Dewey, on those two guys coming into their senior year? Well, just the first thing that comes to my mind is reliable and uh, two kids that you're just proud as a just not only just as a as a basketball alum but as a just a Carolina alum two seniors that you're proud are the representatives along with Cam of our university and our graduating class uh from both the program and the and the school uh by all accounts highest character quality kids incredibly hard workers do everything the coaches ask i mean just exemplary so like I said, the first thing I think of is just reliable. I think you know what you're going to get uh, from the two of them. Last year, we did not know what we were going to get from Luke May. But I think I think it's safe enough to say that you can more or less book him probably for somewhere between 16 and 18 and probably 8 to 12 rebounds a night. And he might struggle against bigger, longer, and more athletic guys, but – He's going to also have a couple nights where he gives you a 30 and 15 and makes four or five threes. He's just a unique skill set. His ability to step out, catch and shoot threes, even make some threes off the dribble. Uh, He's a gifted rebounder from a positioning perspective. He understands the way the ball bounces around the rim. And even though he's undersized, he finds a way to scrap and claw on the boards. Uh, He'll, have challenges sometimes defensively uh, against elite bigs in our conference, but he'll also run them to death with his athleticism and ability to, uh, to have a nonstop motor. And, and with Kenny, I think he's going to make open shots. Hopefully he's continued to develop uh, the ability to score off the dribble a little bit. He got to the rim some last year and he's going to guard the other team's best perimeter player. He's going to take the most charges. He's going to be the first guy to the floor I mean, for two seniors that probably aren't NBA guys, we're pretty lucky to have such reliable, great leaders and guys that are really going to contribute a lot to help lead our team. Sherelle, we'll talk about Cam Johnson in a minute, but you know the fact that we're talking about Luke May in this way, and we've been doing it now for a year or so, but like Dewey said, I can't remember who said it on this podcast. I think we talked about Luke averaging 10 rebounds a game last year. And With Greg. So did Greg say he would average that or did he oh, yeah. laugh? Greg, Greg, so, Greg, said, Greg said he'll average 10 rebounds. And he said, uh, if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. I think he said he averaged 10 rebounds and he'd start for the rest of his career. Yeah. And I think somebody laughed. And I think that person that laughed about the 10 rebounds is not on this show so i'm not gonna call him by name um but he's the tallest inside carolina beat writer um but anyway luke may and kenny williams i mean like dewey said reliable experienced seniors i mean there's not i'm sure there's some team in the big 10 that's got it because they always seem like wisconsin always seems to have guys that are like old on their team but to for carolina to be able to have may and williams in there uh, it, I, I can't, I don't know how to put a, a, a price tag on it. 
you know, or a value on what that means for this North Carolina team and for Roy Williams. So two things on that. Um, one, I've said over and over again, and I'll say again, there's nothing that can compare to guys who have that taste of finality to their college career, especially these two, you know, you know, you hope that they're able to make money playing basketball because they're good at it, but it's not a guarantee. And so it's a lot different for Luke May and Kenny Williams. And this is not anti one and done or anti freshman or whatever. It just is what it is. It's a lot different for Kenny Williams and Luke May, um, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, playing in these games for the last time than it is for, you know, a top 10 freshman who's probably going to go pro next year because they have more equity. You know, Coach Williams always talks, talks about sweat equity and that kind of thing. They have a lot more of that than those other guys. And they also know that this is it. This could be it for them. This could be the last time they're ever on a team, the last time, you know, they play competitive basketball. So that is always in the back of their mind. And I think that's invaluable to a team. Two, I think um, their existence and the fact that Carolina fans are so worried about replacing them actually tells you why Carolina is going to be fine. And what that means is, you know, these are two guys who were not top 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 by some services recruits. They're top 100 type recruits. And it's at a point now where Carolina fans are worried about replacing them. And so that tells me that Carolina does a great job of developing players, that guys get better over time, you know, their four years at Carolina. And so that you shouldn't worry about recruiting that much because if they can, you know, um, first off, identify the talent like Luke May, um, get it to Chapel Hill and then help it develop over the, you know, the course of four years where it goes from not playing much as a freshman, playing some as a sophomore to a third team All-American as a junior to preseason ACC player of the year and preseason first team All-American as a senior, then North Carolina is going to be fine. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. So let's talk about Cameron Johnson. And I'm going to say it now, um, a week before the season starts, I think this guy is the key Dewey for North Carolina. I think if Cam Johnson plays well and better than anybody expects him to play, I think Carolina has a chance to win it all again. So I'm going to label him as the key, and that's why I saved him for last. But just speak to what he brings. You know, it still makes me laugh thinking about Theo's senior speech talk about I know why he left Pittsburgh um, and this season is why he left Pittsburgh to play on a team like this that's got the potential that this team has but do we Cam Johnson's importance to North Carolina well like we talked about at the beginning knock on wood having everybody healthy rolling into the season his health is the most important he's been nothing but banged up since we have been fortunate enough to have him with us. And if he is truly completely healthy and feels as as good as he's saying that he feels and doesn't have that hip impingement or whatever the hell that was, and he feels like he's got explosiveness back and, and can move better, what we saw from him last year at whatever percentage he was, 80%, 75% was somebody who could really shoot it was an underrated passer, rebounded the ball better than I thought he would, and just overall was a cerebral player. So if he can – he's not going to lose any of those things. And then if he's more athletic, moves better, can create his own shot better, you would certainly think that he has the ability to average 15, 16 a game. And then all of a sudden we're talking about three seniors – all with the ability to average in double figures, all with the ability to have an impact 
on the glass. Well, not Kenny, but, but Luke and Cam and all completely understanding how coach Williams wants us to play. So I don't know if I'm ready to, to step out and say he's the most important player. I think that person is Kobe white, but I think Cam staying healthy and providing more shooting, especially when we go small, is critically important to how we're going to be able to be successful. Because crunch time in these big-time games that we're going to play, we're going to be playing small. It's going to be what we talked about, Kobe, Kenny, Cam, Nasir, and Luke. And so he's going to have a huge responsibility helping on the backboard, sometimes guarding a post player. He's going to have to figure out playing four out one in sometimes he'll be at the four if we want to run secondary sometimes Nas will and all that comes with with the changes in our offense when you don't have two traditional bigs a lot of that will fall on him so I just hope for him that he stays healthy I hope he shoots it with confidence because his stroke is pure I remember talking about this at the beginning of last year when everybody was saying well we lost Justin but we've got Cam and I remember saying hold on guys you know we we lost a lottery pick and no offense to Cam, but he's not Justin Jackson. But the one thing I know I said then, and I'll say again, is he shoots it with more, maybe not confidence, but just a, a cleaner release and better technical form than Justin ever did. And so if he has confidence, there isn't any reason why he shouldn't be making two, three, four threes every single night and pumping it every time he gets his hands on it and he's open. Just think about if last year, I think he was around 34% from three, which is by far the lowest of his career. So just think about if he is able to move up to just 40, just 6%, and he's able to make 40% of his threes, you know, that, you know, those six or, you know, five or six points per game um, is pretty big. Well, Dewey laid out why I think he's the most important guy on the court. And so, Sherelle, Dewey mentioned Kobe White your thoughts on the most important, the, the key guy for this North Carolina squad heading into the season? Kenny Williams. <laughs> I and, should have said, you can't say Kenny Williams. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Luke is Luke gives you what, what he gives you, and, you know, you're going to get it every single night. Uh, I think Kenny uh, knows he needs to be more consistent than he was last year from, from three. He had a stretch there and I guess it was late January, early February, where he wasn't really making much. And, uh, you know, last year's team could withstand it a little bit because Joel just kind of did Joel. <laughs> uh, but I don't think this year's team necessarily can do that, um, even though Kobe White and Nasir Little are gifted scorers. Uh, and the other thing with Kenny is that he sets the tone defensively. And so if he is able to help control uh, penetration, which is something the team struggled with last year, then that sets a, a lot of things off because North Carolina has, you know, a, a really long pair of wings, really all four of the, the guys I would consider wings, Cam Johnson, Nasir Little, um, Leaky Black, just because Coach Williams said you could play one through four, and Brandon Robinson, they're all kind of rangy long guys. So if you can control, you know, the point guard, control the ball distributors, then North Carolina's going to get a lot of uh, dunks in, in uh, transition just because the length of their wings is going to cause a lot of steel. So that's why I think Kenny is so important because he kind of, you know, he's the head of the defense. And if he gets going, I think Carolina has the potential to be a good defensive team. Now potential and results are very different. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Let me get our last break and then we'll be back and wrap this one up. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. 
the Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Do it in wrapping this podcast. What's something we've missed? Maybe a, something I've failed to ask you guys um, looking ahead. I mean, it, it's here. By the time folks listen to this podcast, Carolina will be playing Mount Olive in exhibition. And then next, like we talked about next Tuesday, it all starts for real. But give me something maybe folks might not think about on the regular when when you're looking at this team. I, I don't know that this is something that folks haven't uh, thought about or, or won't think about, but we didn't discuss it uh, in, during the podcast, and that's pace of play. I think by all accounts, Kobe has fully understood uh, not everything about running the point, but fully understood coaches wish to play with extreme pace. And I think we're going to see, especially with that small, fast lineup, us playing at a remarkable speed, which will make Coach very happy. Um, I think the ball, when the other team scores, is going to be out of the rim and to Kobe extremely quickly. And it's going to be interesting to see as he learns to play our system, not just in practice, uh, picking his spots to push it with the dribble versus pushing with the pass. Uh, one of the things coaches teach, coach teaches a lot is crossing the midline. What he means by that is if you get an outlet and you're on the left side of the court as the point guard and you're pushing it, he loves for you to cross over the midline as in half court as you're diagonally going across the court just because it makes the defense completely turn their head and shift from what's the strong side. And a lot of times in secondary break, that, that can lead to – lead to layups that are slower to develop because the defense is trying to shift. Uh, So learning all those nuances, but just overall, I think pace is going to return to, to be a big factor in the way we score the ball. We all look, we always run, we always preach running, we always try to run, but in reality, the last couple of years, it hasn't felt like we've played at the pace we, we did maybe, I can't remember to say this 10 years ago with, uh, Ty running the uh, running the uh, the point and Kendall even running it and and Kendall learned how to do it with the pass and the pitch ahead. So that for me, I think is the big thing we didn't discuss is is how much faster I think we'll play. So I'm look at this why Sterling Manley and even Garrison Brooks got to get in gear and get in in full shape to be able to keep up when they're out there. Sherelle, same question to you. Something maybe we haven't talked about that you'll be looking for. I would just say uh, patience. Um, because this is one of the better recruiting classes Coach Williams has had in the last five or six years. I think there's an expectation that they will come out, score 20 points a game, you know, you know, do like Rashad McCants did, and I think he had 26 in his first game in the Smith Center, and just tear things up. You know, that's possible, but the more likely option is that they will have ups and downs, like every freshman who's pretty much ever played at North Carolina has had. And I would just urge, and I'm going to use a couple of cliches, but it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And day by day, you know, uh, it's, you take things a day at a time. I would urge fans to do that. You know, losses in November and December happen. Um, They do not mean that your team is not good. They do not mean that your team, uh, you know, isn't going to make noise in the, in the NCAA tournament. They do not mean that your team isn't going to play well in the ACC. Uh, This same Carolina team, lost at home to Wofford last year, and then beat Duke two out of three times. 
So while November and December games are good for taking a temperature, I encourage everyone not to form any conclusions about what this North Carolina team will look like, you know, before early February. And even then, that's probably a little early. So just patience is what I would say. Yeah, that's probably wise given the schedule is flat brutal. And uh, it, it ramps up in a hurry for North Carolina. Dewey and Sherelle, it's always a pleasure. I know our listeners are glad to hear some basketball talk. I know I can't wait to talk to you, Dewey, and Sherelle on these post-game shows we'll do throughout the season. But, guys, appreciate you joining me tonight. And, Dewey, uh, survive the blizzard in Denver. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I can't believe it. Played golf on Sunday, and now I got snow. What the hell's going on? (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.